Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. This is bad crazy. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C, dimly lit room, bowels deep within them, etc., etc. And today we are. You know the the thing. You you know the thing. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Good journalists. There are a few. I'm thinking of uh, Jonathan Swan from Axios in particular. He's fair. Tough, smart, reminds me of Brett Bear somewhat. It's probably other friends. There are some good ones out there. You just have to sort through a lot of garbage to get to them. Okay, fantastic. Need more of that. Donald Trump has tweeted in all caps, Open the schools! I concur. Man, I'm hot on this topic today. There's a couple places in the country where we've got lawsuits going. Uh, an attempt to force state governments or county governments to say, Hey... We think we can do it. The teachers think we can do it. The parents think we can do it. How about you let us do it? Well, in one case, I believe it's uh, Maryland. The county uh, people are in the pocket of the teachers union and are saying to the private schools, you're not allowed to open, just like in Cal Unicornia, Corruptifornia. Um, and and the, uh, the, the governor happens to be a moderate Republican, said, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, you can't clamp down on the private schools if they want to try it just to protect your union buddies because they know they'll be exposed if private schools run well. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what's going on. And there's another uh, op-ed from the editorial board in the Wall Street Journal today that I'll read more uh, later on that very, very topic. Um, but it's it's... This is school opening extortion is the title of it. Teachers unions are using COVID-19 as a political weapon. Sure. Which is clearly what the case is. This is a hard thing to say with a straight face, but I mean it. This is one of the more extraordinary things that has happened in my lifetime in terms of politics. This school thing. Mm-hmm. I just I just can't actually believe it. it. It's been like an x-ray of the political system and it's shown how it really works. God, I wish we, I, I, I wish those of us, I think a lot of us like me, we just assumed, we assumed so strongly that schools would primarily open in the fall. We didn't, we didn't lay enough political groundwork. I just assumed, of course they will. You can't, you, everybody's agreeing, agreeing, and everybody is agreeing. That's like a scientist or a health expert or whatever at the highest levels. Um, pediatricians, everybody is in agreement. Well, you have to open the schools. That's not even a question. Let's just discuss how we're going to do it because it's not on the table whether or not we open them. And then it got late <laughs> in the summer, and all of a sudden you got you know uh, governors and, and various people shutting down schools. We're all, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I think if we laid the groundwork early, you know, chanting signs, whatever we got to do, schools are an essential business. Writing checks. <laughs> Schools are an essential business and, yeah. and, you know, get that into the public consciousness. Look, if you're going to make Home Depot employees go because it's so important that we can get two by fours and lawnmowers, if you're going to make grocery stores be open because we've got to be able to buy groceries, here's another essential business that is not an option. Freaking schools. Yeah. Well, yeah, don't call it a business. Schools are essential. That's the slogan. 
Schools are essential. You know what's really remarkable about the agreement you're talking about is there are so many unknowns with the vid, and there's so much divergence of opinion, and then what seems to be true, three weeks later, they're saying, nah, it turns out not so much. But in the midst of all that cloud of uncertainty and disagreement and the rest of it, there is practically unanimity among the scientific community, doctors, pediatricians, that, oh, yeah, you got to open the schools. I mean, it is especially stark how widespread the agreement is. Well, do you think Home Depots would be open if all Home Depot employees were in a union and they could guarantee that you're going to make the same amount of money or more Mm -hmm. if you don't go to work? You can't get fired. That's not even a possibility at all. Right. Home Depots wouldn't be open. Yeah, there's no cost to your decision not to open. Other than you get to stay, you as an employee get to stay home. Right, right. (laughs) So... Um, yeah. And I'm not blaming the teachers at all, but it, it, this is just not acceptable. I can't freaking believe this is happening. I'll read from the Wall Street Journal op-ed. It's pretty damn strong today. They're really laying it at the, the feet of the unions all Bring across it. the country. But oh, It's so maddening to me. Why don't we all make a sign, stick it in our car, out front of our house, our business, whatever. Schools are essential. Let's all do that. Let's let's and and tweet about it and Facebook post it and and have your friends do it. Let's get this thing to spread. And then the idea that you're going to also then strong arm uh, private schools, charter schools, all the other kind of schools <laughs> to not open also yeah. when they were completely going to open up. But uh, for the, to keep the kids safe, you have to keep the kids safe. Uh, yeah, right, you liars. Nobody's buying that except the, the worst informed among us. You either have to close <laughs> Home Depots and restaurants or open the schools. That seems like the only option to me because otherwise your logic doesn't hold up. Mm-hmm. Very frustrating. Anyway, let's... um, And and where's the creativity? Is it got to be outside in places that can handle that? There are parks. Section off the park. Here's your first Mrs. Jones uh, class right here in a danged park. It's going to be different, maybe not as good as in a school, but surely we can figure this out. There are uh, outdoor soccer complexes I've actually played and coached in where um, it's got a roof in case it rains, but it's open walls and the rest of it. Hold classes there. Come on, people. This is the United States. This is not Soviet Russia, where, you know, you got to go through 15 layers of apparatchiks to solve a problem and nothing ever gets solved. Very disappointing, my friends. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. You know, I was just thinking if they keep schools closed long enough, if a boy, stu- if a male student, he's let's say he's in the fifth grade and he's like ten or something. By the time he goes back, he's supposed to be in the seventh grade. He'll have like a growth in a deep voice and be a completely different kid. <laughs> and he'll be learning how to multiply. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing well. It is uh, on today in uh, this day in history in the year seventeen hundred and fifty-three that George Washington became a master mason. And has somebody who once again achieved mythic rank in the video game Magic the Gathering, uh, the arena version. <laughs> wow. I can really relate to the founding father, George Washington, in committing yourself 
to become a master at something, and I respect the I respect him more today than I did yesterday because I play video games. <laughs> you realize respect. that the term master is being phased out of almost everything now because it uh, has a legacy of slavery or something. Even though nobody thinks about that when you think about a master craftsman, that's you know at the highest level of a lot of trades. No, the master. word got applied to the slavery. Yeah. The slavery didn't create. Nobody's the word. thinking of slavery, and it's it's not like a slippery slope for slavery coming back, but it is being done away with. In interesting because I wanted to compare my ridiculous hobby of playing video games as an adult <laughs> to an actual achievement of a founding father and make the uh, the parallel that way. But that's also an interesting point you bring up, Jack. I'm glad I'm glad the conversation just, went there. I was just reading where, where is it? Wineries, master wine uh, makers. They don't no longer call them master winemakers because of the leg- legacy of slavery. What you, you people are so foolish. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Do you feel like you're actually striking a blow for anything that's going to make the world better when you do that sort of thing? This is so, it's so fundamentalist religion. You have your bugaboo words. You have your your magic incantations you dare not chant. You can't say the word master. Oh, that has magical powers. Stop it. You can't say all lives matter. You've upset you've torn the fabric of the universe by using a magical incantation. Here's Please. a here's a good tease for you. They they found a dinosaur that's had a human disease that we didn't know had been on the planet this long or that dinosaurs could get. Wow. Yeah. Talk about that later. I'll be darned. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on Tuesday, August fourth, the year twenty twenty. We're Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. You want to see a, a dinosaur? Look at a wild turkey. Those things are dinosaurs. I mean, they're velociraptors. They, you look at they're they're dinosaurs. I've got them everywhere on my property. So it's I can so obvious that look you know, at one. I'll look at one today and say, "My God, Joe is right." Look at it. Look if, at it. If we were in the same weight class as birds, we would be terrified. Oh, constantly. oh yes, absolutely. Oh, oh, do tell. I mean, if they were like uh, 175 yeah, pounds, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Die, like With their we, talons and their beaks, and, and the, the, just the gift of flight, we would have no chance. Let's start with the flight. Excellent point. <laughs> Something 175 pounds comes at you with its hooked beak and its talons. Please, I'd never leave the house. Going back to the caves. Yeah, no kidding. Let's begin the show now officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Teenager in Colorado recently broke the Guinness World Record for the fastest time to solve a Rubik's Cube while riding on a pogo stick, beating the previous record, which was not doing that. <laughs> I like that. I often think about that with records. Had anybody ever done that before? So are you now the best at it? While eating ice cream. Okay. What? Whatevs. As the kids say. Washing dishes on one foot, whistling the Star-Spangled Banner. <laughs> I did it in 30 seconds. Anybody Great. ever beat that? Has anybody? No, nobody has ever beat that. I'm the champion. <laughs> I'm the best in the world. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice. Are you kidding? Oh, I just, I just, I'm trying to manage it. It's a sprawling epic. <laughs> I have uh, some commentary on the presidential race, as I think. Uh, I'm convinced if I were Joe Biden's manager... I do not do a press conference. I do not do a debate. And I more or less stay in my home. Clear till election day. Mm. I'm, I'm convinced Just of that. shuffling around in your slippers. Put out a video now and then. Uh, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.
Show. So, Mama's birthday, how old is he? 58, I seven, think. I was going to guess. I, think I don't know. I, I think I heard 58, yeah. Obama! <laughs> That's the fella. Yeah, uh, 59. There you go. Exactly, 59, like I said. I swear I heard he was 58 moments ago. Huh. It's harder than you might think to nail down a fella's age. It's just Isn't one it? website. Yeah, what well, he was 58 yesterday. Maybe they're looking at that. Yeah, could be. Mailbag. Here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day from the great Thomas Sowell. It's actually a, a bit longer quote than I'm going to give you, but the, the meat of it is... The teachers' unions are the single biggest obstacle to black youngsters getting a decent education. The full quote is, education is an issue with little, if any, downside for Republicans because the teachers' unions are the single biggest obstacle to black youngsters getting a decent education and among the biggest donors to the Democrats. It's absolutely true. Moving along to the correspondence proper. Boy, we got some uh, some great hate mail in the last 24 hours. I oh, boy. read some to the fellas yesterday, but it was so incoherent and racially tinged that uh, I didn't want to give it a, a megaphone on the air, but I enjoyed this one from Siri, from Jim. I, I guess it's a follow-up to a previous one but, that I don't see. but And tell Mark Levin, Apartment 2, Section 1 of the U.S. Constitution is the law. Former President Demon needs to be in prison. Damn it. And get Faker and Liar off MX damn TV. He is a liar. Dr. Phil is not a real doctor. He is an idiot. Get him off off of my TV. <laughs> Jim, I'm not sure what most of that note was about. But if we had the power to get Dr. Phil off the TV, believe me, we would have already done it. Mm. <laughs> On the topic of renting my pool, there's a new uh, app. It's like Airbnb for renting pools. People aren't going on vacations, and they want to have fun with the kids. They don't have a pool. You can rent out your pool by the hour. I love this Always idea. wanted a Rando's body juices in your pool? Oh, yeah. Here's your chance. Strangers, not only in my yard, but bathing their bodies in my pool. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. Here's a note. Uh, hey, Joe, I'd like to be the first person to rent your pool. By the way, do you have a rain barrel? Signed, Corn Pop. I know. I'm not sure that's legitimate. Not a legitimate offer to rent my pool. On the topic of Biden's Veep choice, what if Biden is instructed to pick Karen Bass, but he chooses Carol Baskin by mistake? And then how long till Biden disappears, she becomes president? Not very, is the answer to that question. Carol Baskin. That's quite a trip we went on there. Taking the oath. Whoops, there was, uh, where is that? Oh. Uh, hey, Joe, Jack keeps saying that the vice president doesn't matter, the vice no. president pick, and I can see how that would usually be. But this time, to me, it matters a lot because I don't think Joe Biden's going to be able to finish out the first year of his term, and the Veep will really matter. Yeah, I like the article the other day we read from about how it's uh, it's the most important it's ever been and the least consequential it's ever been at the same time. Because it's a, a Trump or not is the whole issue. There's yeah, a poll out I, today. I see what they mean. Yeah. There's a there's a poll out today. Fifty four percent of people say it has no effect on them. So the majority say it has no effect. Mm. And I'm guessing that that twenty percent that say it has some effect are exaggerating. <laughs> I want the only possible exception of that, and and it's not a lot of people, in spite of what the media would have you believe. Those who are kind of off of Trump. 
and not sure they can vote for a Democrat. Uh, it's, but they're thinking, all right, if he picks Amy Klobuchar, yeah, I could do that. That's not going to happen. As, as Liz from Ben points out, if they're thinking Warren or that other crazy lady who's really liberal or Kamala Harris, I might vote for Trump. Maybe I'm the only one, but Joe, uh, Joe's vice president pick will make my decision whether I vote for Trump or Biden. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Will you see them at all? If you don't see the guy at the top of the ticket, do you see the person beneath them? I don't know. I don't I, know if you'll see either one of them. I don't know either. I, I'd assume the Veep would uh, fulfill their usual role of hatchet man and attack dog and the rest of Maybe it. Maybe you won't hear a peep from him till November. Could be. Uh, Katie with a nice note on slavers and government. Uh, guys, when Joe, me, that's me. Hi, everybody was talking about uh, the Barry Weiss clip and how slavers would terrify the slaves with inconsistencies and rules and punishment, it dawned on me that's precisely what the governors, county health directors, and so on are doing with the bat fever, keeping us scared on our toes and utterly confused. You know, Katie, I'm I'm not sure I disagree entirely, but I think it's just incompetence. I think they're just bad at their jobs, and especially because they are unable to balance the various... Um, you know, good and evil forces at work during the bat fever, uh, the various positives and negatives. Uh, this uh, from Paul in San Ramon, California, makes sense that obesity and bad outcomes for COVID are related. North Korea has only one reported COVID infection, and they have only one obese person. Wow. I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, shot at the fat dictator there. So dinosaurs had some human diseases they now know. Uh, should Joe Biden debate is becoming a hotter and hotter topic. And um, editorial board in the Wall Street Journal about the whole school thing are all interesting topics. New poll about the politicization of sports. Mm. Mm, people don't love it. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. He was a really good storyteller. I mean, they weren't true yeah. stories, but they were interesting to listen to. And now when you see him struggling to, you know, even respond to these previous falsehoods, he's really, he's just having trouble doing it. And it's a, it's very interesting to compare even from 2008 to the current year, uh, what a difference it is and how he's able to tell stories. And a big part of his appeal was, I think a lot of people have this memory of who he was. Yeah, maybe he wasn't telling the truth, but he was kind of likable. And as he, you know, there's a reason why he's not being presented on television right now. And it's because I think people, his handlers are very worried about how uh, how he presents. That's a Molly Hemingway of the Federals talking about Joe Biden. We've got plenty of non-politics stuff we're going to talk about, but I just wanted to hit on this, uh, whether Joe Biden should show his head uh, conversation that's uh, getting more and more attention. And it's become pretty clear to me, um, and if you're really a political junkie, you're completely aware of this. If you're not so much, you might not be aware. But there there have been a number of candidates over the last several years that have been built up by the media and in people's imaginations. Mm-hmm. And and oftentimes they poll really well, too. And then as soon as they show up, everybody's like, oh, you're just another human being. That's funny in my mind. It, it seems to be a human tendency. You don't, I, I, I've done it myself. Oh, sure, yeah. You don't, you're not particularly talented. You're not good at this. You're or, not impressive. Or even if you are kind of good at it, you're just another human being. You're another politician, and some of the stuff you say... I kind of agree with, but that doesn't sound exactly right. I mean, it just you're just a human. Right. We, we have this weird thing where we build up 
someone before we have contact with them mm-hmm. that they don't have any of the trappings of other human beings. It's weird. And we did that with, with before Rudy Giuliani ran for president and Fred Thompson. And I know you might not know some of these names and good for you. You shouldn't. But a whole bunch of different people. Rick Perry. Oh, wait, wait till Rick Perry gets in the race on the Democrat side. And some of these people were even fairly prominent figures. Michael Bloomberg. He just wait till he, when he gets in the race and with all, and he showed up on the debate stage. Oh, he's just another politician, and some of the stuff he says is okay, and some of it's dry. And I'd like to see some sort of mathematical formula of how much hype and and, and anticipation there was over his arrival on the scene, juxtaposed against the reality of it, which, as I recall, was like thirty six hours. Oh, right, of right. being on the yeah. scene. Then everybody's like, "No," yeah, and, and, and it ends. <laughs> and there, there's a long list of those With examples. His money and influence, blah blah blah. Bipartisan, moderate, blah blah blah. <laughs> there's such a long list of that happening, and I wonder if Joe Biden isn't exactly in that situation. Well, the it, previous two times he ran, he right, was right. exactly what you described. The vast majority of people, the vast majority of people did not watch any of those debates. They still haven't seen Joe Biden talk. Correct. Uh, in years and years and years and mm-hmm. years. And I and they I, have a vague notion of the fact that he was the uh, kind of old dependable looking uh, second fiddle to Barack Obama. That's it. And if he gets on a debate stage, it's possible that the same thing that happened to all those people I just mentioned happens to him. Oh, he's just another guy that kind of sounds like he's, you know, maybe not completely telling the truth on this and 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 it, all it's got to take off is you know five to ten percent of the people who think oh that's not what I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you got a dead heat and uh, I think his people know that Wall Street Journal uh, out today with this op-ed the commission I don't know if you were aware of this by the way the commission on presidential debates has scheduled three of them whether or not they happen or not but they're scheduled. For September 29th. So that's not the end of this month that just started, but the end of the next month. So two months away before we even get to the first debate, by the way. So keep that in mind through this whole conversation. But anyway, not a joke. If it happens at all. But that's a long way away. Well, an early voting starting incredibly early in some states. I don't have the list in front of me, but. Yeah, I know there's a fair amount of concern, if you're concerned at all, that the debates will take place after a substantial number of people have voted. It's becoming a theme in certain quarters, namely the New York Times, that Mr. Biden should skip out on the debates or that face-offs should be canceled. The latest entry is an op-ed by the liberal journalist Elizabeth Drew, who was a panelist during a 1976 debate, who said, who wrote, The debates have never made sense as a test for presidential leadership. Yeah, a lot of us have been screaming that for a long time. Now, all of a sudden, you decide that. She writes this because uh, points are awarded for snappy comebacks and one-liners. Yeah, I think we've said yes, that a hundred times on this least. show. Yeah. Uh, if the debates seem too much like an endless succession of sound bites, the Wall Street Journal says, that's an argument for changing the format, not for axing the debates. Clearly. Especially not in a year where the candidates can't get out on the campaign trail and actually campaign. Yeah. Mr. Biden portrays Mr. Trump as a bumbling incompetent, a racist and a liar. If he believes that, he should be willing to repeat his accusations face to face and back them up with an argument. Well, journalists, much like politicians, uh, put on and take off their principles like, you know, windbreakers, like light jackets. And that gal is doing exactly the same thing. That's absolutely hilarious. She's right about debates. They are ridiculous. Sure. Uh, And they're not debates. 
but the cure is to not do anything? That's hilarious. No, Because you your guy is a bumbling old fool. A couple of tweaks, you could fix the debates quickly. Um, I also remain convinced that the so-called debates, if they happen, will be a train wreck. I mean, a terror, just a train wreck out back just, of a poo show. For both or just for Biden? For America. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, I think it will be terrible <laughs> i think i think the bar is being driven so low on joe biden's performance right though. Uh, maybe if he doesn't show up in a soiled bathrobe and just mumble it'll be seen as a win yeah i, I think maybe this is part of the strategy is to just let this you know the push build up of he can't handle it his his mind is gone and just until you get until you know the end of september okay i'll finally debate and as long as he doesn't come out and you know and, and and walk to the back of the stage and lay down and go to sleep. He's considered <laughs> urinate on himself. He's, he's called the winner of the debate. Right. Although if if I were Trump's people, if I were Kellyanne Conway, uh, I would uh, go with the he's old and incompetent and afraid to debate until he agrees to debate, and then I go with the uh, you know he's an elder statesman. He's been doing this forever. I mean, this he's is his natural format. Yeah, of course. 180 degrees. I'm not sure how much. Start lowering expectations. I'm not sure how much that would matter to the mainstream media. I think all he's got to do is just, you know, not embarrass himself, which is not going to be an easy bar to reach for him either. Um, In the debates where he would talk for 11 minutes, he'd often say something that was just, what the hell are you talking about? Right. Particularly toward the end. If he has to talk for a full 45 minutes. But anyway, yeah. if he can just avoid that sort of thing, he'll be considered Sophocles with perfect white teeth. <laughs> by all the media. Yeah, I suppose so. Tucker Carlson last night had a funny featurette we ought to play for you at some point, uh, sooner rather than later, about how often Joe Biden's claimed to have been arrested. And he's never been arrested. Or at least not since he was a kid. Uh, and he, he just, that's his go-to to make a story a little better. He's got Brian Williams syndrome. I like Where he to, can't just tell a story, he has to enhance it. But I liked Molly, uh, Molly Hemingway's, Hemingway's. Uh, argument there that he's just one of those people that you, you think, oh, that might not be true, or I heard that's not true, but you tell a good story and, uh, you know, I mean, right. he's, he's got yeah. that vibe. I've known people like that. You don't, good story. You don't really Enjoyable. hold it against them because he knows you know that it's not really the thing, but it's kind of a good story. It's a yarn. <laughs> corn Pop was a bad dude. Sure, Corn Pop. I wonder what actually happened. Uh, we, uh, where's Corn Pop? He died recently, How? didn't he? Oh, really? Wasn't that a, a story when he passed away? I missed away? it. Oh, the man. The actual Corn Pop? I wish we could have heard his side of the story. Look, I'm I'm just at the pool. I'm I'm gonna dive off the board. All of a sudden, a guy's mocking me in front of all my friends. I said, "Look, you want to step outside?" And he called me Esther Williams, which it, you're gonna have to Google if you're under seven. I said, "Hey, Esther." Right, and I thought, "Wow, that's really offensive." I said, "We should step outside and talk about this." He shows up. He's got a chain in his hand. I'm thinking, "Who is this?" But I'm gonna wrap lunatic? this chain around your head. Right. That's a, a a good lesson for anybody who speaks in public. Do not make a reference that anybody under 70 would have to Google. <laughs> yeah. I apologize for yeah. that. Hey, Esther! <laughs> how, how can you not understand? You're speaking in front of a bunch of 20-something parents <laughs> and tiny children. How can you not get that you need to explain that reference? <laughs> I apologize for that. All right. Well, so, all right. Honorably uh, done, sir. So, Thank you. two questions. If you were running his campaign, would you make him debate? No. I wouldn't either. I would just not do it. I think the price you pay will be tiny, if anything at all. Full on cowardice. That is our strategy. And because the because the media has made such a uh, 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 
tried to convince people so hard that Trump is such an outlier when it comes to telling the truth, when lots of politicians, uh, you know, say things that aren't true every single day, mm-hmm. um, and including on debate stage. But anyway, the media has done. I, th- I think he's got cover from anybody that would be worried about it. I, I just think he's got no price to pay for not debating. Um, do you think he will debate? Mm. Yes. I'm 53% certain. God dang it. Will that be an epic event if he does? Uh, yeah. I, I have no confidence that I'm right. But uh, it's such, it would be so odd, such an outlier to have no presidential debates that I've got to believe he'll do it. But I could absolutely be wrong. Part of the point that they make in the article is we're electing the oldest person president by far. He'll be the oldest president ever on day one. Right. By far, and then to not, for the media to not be pressuring that person to really demonstrate that they're mentally sharp with either press conferences or debates, well, it just shows you where we are politically. Absolutely. They're part of the resistance, the media. They don't care about that old-fashioned traditional values, boomer. Please. And when you're on the... Defeating Trump. And when you're on the decline, from what I understand, what what I've noticed in my life, um, six months is a long time when you're starting to decline. Yes. I've known people that change into to, to, to different people capability-wise in six months mm-hmm. when they're getting older. It makes older. a difference. And, and we might go six months without really hearing from Biden between the last debate and election day. Yes, it's entirely possible. If, That's wild. Yeah. Yep. Hey, a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, the best home security system you can buy. The best. Okay? Understand that. If it cost more than the traditional systems, if it had a long contract, if it had a messy install, it would still be worth getting because it's better. But it has none of the bad stuff. Yeah, and it's the actual best overall home security of 2020. Not pretty good, not good enough, but the best. You set it up yourself in under an hour. It's about $15 a month. You're not locked into a contract. 60-day risk-free trial and free shipping. There is no way you can go wrong with this. We've uh, told you progressive policies will lead to a skyrocketing crime rate. It is. It's already happening. So try Simply Safe today. You can install it yourself. It's effortless. It's inexpensive. 24-7 professional monitoring. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Free shipping. 60-day risk-free trial. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong so they know we sent you. All right? Try this out. Check it out. SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Um, my final point on this before we then we can move on to other things like drug smuggling cat escapes prison. Um, and dinosaur diseases. We could elect somebody president who's actually not mentally, com- you know, fit to be president, mm-hmm. and not the way they threw it around about Bush or Trump or whatever, but actually, you know, non-compassmentous, you know, not capable. And uh, and people will wonder how did that happen? How did you elect somebody? Well, just because the weird po- politics of the time and the disease and hatred of Trump and this and that just didn't require him to answer any questions or have a debate. Right. Just floated along to Election Day. And you'll try to explain that to your grandkids? They won't believe it. I mean, we get to January 20th, we'll be like a year from the time that he's like faced any live fire. You're absolutely right. That's incredible. It's astonishing. Anyway, looks like that might be what's going to happen. Dinosaurs and politics and sports coming up in moments. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. On the humor 
first topic of, is it actually a world record if nobody's ever tried it before? Uh, which we were talking about earlier, we got this text. I hold the world record for flapping my arms and squawking while sitting in a laundry basket and binge-watching the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. 21 hours! <laughs> wow. Impressive. <laughs> record holder. Yeah, best in the world at that. Yes. Um, yeah, so uh, they found bone cancer in a dinosaur fossil. Wow! Which, I did a lot of reading about cancer back when I had cancer, and... Um, uh, what was the book that's so great? Anyway, I'll think of it in a second. Uh, but anyway, they, they don't really know where cancer came from and was how long it's that, been around. That, uh, the, the King of Diseases or think so. Czar of Diseases? I think it was something like that. President of uh, Maladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but they don't really know where cancer came from or how long it's been around. But this is certainly by far the earliest example. Hmm. That's the the same sort of bone cancer that human beings get today existed in dinosaurs gazillions of years ago. Mm-hmm. That's uh, they think that's uh, significant, but it's been with us for forever. If it existed in dinosaurs way back then, that means human beings have probably been getting cancer forever. It wouldn't have been as noticeable back in the day because mm-hmm. you're gonna you know break your leg and die of an infection. Sure, long before you got old enough to get cancer, get eaten, yeah, what have you. Yeah, it's funny. I think I don't think of cancer as a disease as much as of malfunction. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it something can be caused wrong. by a microbe at times, but it, uh, you know, I was expecting you to say, you know, this uh, T Rex had the common cold or something like that. But yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, cancer has probably always existed as long as cells have been replicating. I'll be darned. I, I saw a headline. I didn't get a chance to click on it. Something about a banana-sized T Rex. Um, the tiny little uh, beast that was like a T-Rex, but... Uh, Would you rather have a T-Rex-sized banana or a banana-sized T-Rex? Oh, that's an easy one. Um, what love... on earth would you do with a T-Rex-sized banana? I would have a banana party and serve banana to everyone in my neighborhood. <laughs> you you need a bigger neighborhood. <laughs> Get a stegosaurus-sized scoop of ice cream to start with. Right. Well, like, what? You got a 32-foot banana. What's the downside? That Hello. is so much. <laughs> I don't know if I've eaten that much, some total of bananas in my lifetime. <laughs> now, I would point out to you that a, a, a lizard uh, the size of a banana would be capable of delivering a terribly painful bite. Yes. Plus, they're, they're festering with salmonella, uh, our amphibians and lizards. And so, that, you know, if, if, if the uh, banana-sized T-Rex in question were malevolent, that'd be a bad thing. Very bad thing. But they think there were T-Rexes that were tiny like that? Like I said, I didn't get a chance to read the article. Oh, okay. I was hoping somebody else had come across it. But I'll, I'll dig into it, if I can, my friends, and, hmm. and bring you that fascinating note from the world of science. Uh, there are, as far as I can tell, no uh, T-Rex-sized bananas anywhere on Earth. Oh, although the science of bananas is interesting in that there's this virus that's destroying banana plantations all over the world, and they think the banana, as we know it, might disappear. And there is a, a frantic battle going on in the labs of the world to try to figure out how to halt this and, and preserve the humble nanner. I'll I bet, certainly hope they can. I'll bet I've eaten a banana almost every day of the last 20 years of my life. You are the most banana-eaten son of a gun I've ever known. 17 clearly. cents worth of bananas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I do love that. I, I don't often eat them. Too many calories, but uh, fabulous fruit. Fabulous. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't trying to continue the banana conversation. I, just... yeah, I am. <laughs> New Rasmussen poll out. 
A uh, uh, thousand Americans indicates Americans are sending more negative signals than positive ones over the decision by many professional sports organizations to promote the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, uh, I saw well, college sports, they're going to allow slogans or, or statements on your jerseys. Well, the, the players are in rebellion. Uh, what's which is fine i'm for free speech and civil rights and the rest of it i just think a lot of this stuff is incredibly misguided and the black lives matter movement is in some quarters an absolutely corrosive terrible racist marxist movement and i think it will do terrible damage to the country uh, at the same time, you know, I, I believe everybody ought, ought to have their civil rights. But more than 30% of American adults say they're less likely to watch sporting events that promote Black Lives Matter. 30% less likely, 21% more likely. Now, how about frequent watchers who follow pro sports at least once a week? 35% of them said they're less likely to watch events that promote Black Lives Matter protests or, or what have you. Um, now, let's get down to business. Young male beer drinkers, the most coveted demographic group of pro sports broadcast, 43% say they're less likely to watch sporting events promoting Black Lives Matter. Well, wouldn't a lot of people argue that that's just how much racism we've got out there? They can argue that if they like. Uh, only 2% of men under 40 are likely are more likely to watch. Uh, interestingly, uh, 38% of black folks say they're more likely, 28 less likely. It definitely diminishes my enjoyment of it. Yeah, I, I'm serious. I will not watch the NBA, it, not not until they stop. Um, and, it, and it's a little tough to watch Major League Baseball. School opening extortion. Agree or disagree with the Wall Street Journal op-ed piece from their editorial board? We'll talk about that coming up. Armstrong and Getty.